what made us successful in baseball, that kind of team mentality makes us very successful over here. It's just, let's put together a world-class team with a bunch of like-minded individuals and let's go have some fun and be successful. Excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality. These are the values the Sam M. Walton College of Business explores in education, business, and the lives of people we meet every day. I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College, and welcome to the Be Epic Podcast. I have with me today, Charlie Boyce, president at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. He has been with them since 2010, but he actually uh, bought the company in 2012. We're gonna be talking about that. He graduated from the Walton College in 2005. So Charlie, thanks for taking time to visit with me today about your background. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Really appreciate it. So Charlie, where did you grow up? So I was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, went to school there, raised there, and then, you know, found my way over to the University of Arkansas. Graduated in 01 and then came to school here at the University of Arkansas and played baseball here. So that's what brought me over here. You were a Razorback baseball pitcher, three-time captain, and you led the Hogs to the 2004 College World Series. That is quite an accomplishment. We were very fortunate, had a lot of lot of success. I think we were kind of part of the group that put baseball back on the map, but the people that got in there today are a little bit more talented than, than our group that was there. You're a young person. I'm 57, and so you seem young to me. But you really have accomplished a lot. I mean, majoring in business and playing baseball, that's, that's a lot to juggle. It had a set of challenges, but I was first kind of generation going to college. So I think like I was going to be successful at that, but I enjoyed going to class every day and I enjoyed playing baseball every day. So those were the two things I really kind of sunk my teeth into, you know, just keeping a schedule too with baseball. They were going to make sure you were going to school too. There was no way to kind of mail that in. You had to be eligible, but I really did enjoy it. It worked really well for me. When you graduated, you moved back to Tulsa for a while. Is that correct? No, I, I actually stayed here. So yeah, whenever I graduated and I was done playing, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Was I going to go back to school and get my MBA or enter the workforce? Or My family has an HVAC company that my grandfather started. So I'm third generation in the trades. I went to work for a supply house. So I was in HVAC distribution, got to know all the contractors. So Pascal was actually once a customer of mine. I came to work for Pascal in 2010. And then I, I worked under our old owner for two years. And then I acquired the company in 2012. When you started with the company, did you think you would eventually buy it? That was my goal. Yeah, absolutely. When I came in, we were obviously a lot smaller back then than we are today, but it was a good company that had been around since the 60s. You know, if you were from Northwest Arkansas, like Springdale specifically, you knew Pascal, but a lot of people didn't know Pascal. It was kind of his best kept secret little company. And our old owner, he didn't really have an exit strategy. He was in his maybe early 60s at the time. When I hired on, I mean, I told him with that intent, like, hey, my goal is to work for you for a couple of years and then eventually buy you out. I can't say that he took me super serious at the time, but, you know, it eventually kind of came to pass. Well, you had only been out of the U of A for a few years, seven years when you bought the company. I acquired the company. I believe I was maybe 28 or 29. Again, that's pretty young for your first acquisition. And now you've been owning it for nine years. How did you think through, plan, 
and orchestrate the acquisition. Have you witnessed such an acquisition before? No, I was just figuring it out on the fly. I'd worked in a great company, right? So I was a part of Pasco for two years. So, I mean, the good news is I was a part of the, the fabric of the company. I knew everybody. I knew our old owner. You know, he was ready to exit and retire. So, I mean, we were all on board and we were all kind of working in the same direction. So that, that was positive. I wasn't an outsider just buying a company. You know, we have a CFO here who's really good and he, he kind of helped me. Him and I have kind of functioned as partners for the last 10 years. Obviously a great learning experience at a young age. You know, we've done a couple since then, but looking back, you don't think about it. You know, you're just kind of going through and doing it. You know, I've made plenty of mistakes along the way, but yeah, it just kind of works itself out. How many employees did you have when you acquired it? When I got here in 2010, I think we were maybe 15 plus or minus a couple and then took over in 12. We were probably 20 to 25. Today we're, we're right at 200. So it's been a lot of growth over the last 10 years for sure. 200. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of growth. We averaged 20% growth year over year for the last you know number of years. And then the last couple of years specifically has really been a lot of growth. We're, we're getting now to where we're, we're, we're doubling every 24, 36 months. It's a challenge and we just got to keep a handle on it and make sure we're, uh, you know, we got good processes in place and people in place to, to keep up with the growth. The two things you mentioned are challenging. The people, the processes and systems to support the processes. And then also the funding. You know, even if you're making a profit, it's no simple matter to fund that kind of growth. You're 100% right. So to date, we have funded our own growth, right? Like we've just done it through traditional finance and the, the banking institutions. And for me, it's just about growing the business and watching our people be successful. What is your territory? We started in Northwest Arkansas in March of 20. We acquired a company in Southwest Missouri in the Joplin market. February, March of this year, 21, we put up a facility in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So we now have three locations. You've gone from having a handful of people to a couple hundred. That's a big challenge. It's hard to find good people. And then you've got to train them, help them to understand and become a part of the culture that you've created. How do you do that? It was a lot harder early. And it's still something that is not necessarily easy, but it's almost kind of this virtuous cycle. It's a lot of time, energy, and effort early, and it's just the culture. It's what you do every day, and it's how we conduct ourselves, how we talk to each other, how we talk to customers. It's just what we do. We're very intentional on what it is to be Pascal. At the end of the day, our culture is our most important thing, our people. In a service-based business like ours, not a whole lot of what we do is proprietary Everyone can go buy trucks. Everyone can hire people. Everyone can do what we do. I mean, but we just offer a service and making sure we have happy customers and happy employees. I mean, that that is what is differentiating in our market. If we're delivering on both of those fronts, you know, the company is going to be on good footing and we're going to we're going to keep growing. Well, as you get bigger, more processes need to be in place and it's hard to implement new processes and it's sometimes hard to scale existing processes because when firms are small you can have labor intensive processes but as they scale you've got to start automating using technology how have you managed that well not well 
We've made a lot of mistakes along the way. You're 100% accurate in that we look at fulfillment or ops and execution and how are we doing. And, and when you run in 20, 50, 70, 80 people, it's one thing in one location when you got your thumb on it. But then as you start getting 100 employees, 150, 200 different locations, now it's how do we how do we produce at scale and solving for scale is something that's a little bit more challenging. But at the same time, once you get it right, then a lot of the growth comes a little bit easier because the solutions you put in place are scalable. It's something that we're always working on. Mindset, that's kind of how I'm geared is to make sure I'm removing bottlenecks and and growing and scaling. You know, one saying I heard one time that always works with me is we're too busy mopping up the water to turn off the sink. A lot of times our solution is just to throw more mops at it, but like, let's take a step back. What do we need to do to turn the water off? That's kind of our solution is when we constantly keep coming up against a problem, are we trying to turn off the sink or are we just throwing more mops at this? We brought an individual in who's another University of Arkansas alum from Houston. He actually used to work at Exxon, um, but he is just a process engineer. So we brought him in and that was my whole thing to him is, hey, we got to make this scalable, right? We have this really good business, but we need to learn to 2x, 3x, 4x our output with not 2x, 3x, 4xing our people. So that's his whole job is just to streamline operations. And he's he's been a very helpful. That was smart of you. I mean, I think a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs, your stage, they don't think that far ahead. But the investment you make in that is just so valuable. Yeah, I think in the first five, six years of owning and running the business, I didn't make those decisions. Probably pull my hair out trying to keep up with it. But I think you get to a point where like, all right, there's got to be a better way. You can keep doing what you're doing or, you know, you can take a step back. And so that's the way I look at it. I'm either working in the business or on the business. And my whole role is to work on the business, not necessarily in it every day. And so All I try to do is architect and put the right people in the right seats and making sure we're flowing the right way. But if I'm stuck in the business, then the business is never really going to grow. What's your vision for the future? We want to keep going. Uh, we're, We're looking at adjacent markets right now. Springfield, Little Rock, Tulsa, North Dallas, just in that whole area. I want to keep going. Like you said, we're young. We've had some success and we have this really good company in this part of the world. And I really want to take the show on the road and just build out a world-class service organization that serves a region. You have, even when you were in school, you had interest in eventually building your own business. You didn't see yourself as being a corporate kind of a guy. You didn't like the, to be a part of a, a bureaucracy and a formal type of a situation. And yet you wanted to build a great business. What are some ways you're, you're doing that? Yeah, I I don't think I would do well in a corporate environment. I like to move fast. What made us successful in baseball, that kind of team mentality, we we win together, we lose together. What made us successful there makes us very successful over here. It's just, let's put together a world-class team with a bunch of like-minded individuals and let's go have some fun and be successful. I don't know that I was thinking about it at the time, but just taking baseball and then what I grew up doing, HVAC, just kind of found a way to marry those two worlds. And we're we've had some success at it and we're we're having a lot of fun in the process. That's interesting, especially what you're saying about your experience with baseball. Of course you were a three time captain 
for the Hogs baseball team. So you're saying that that experience helped you in terms of team building today? Without question, business, in my opinion, like it's very much a team sport. I mean, yes, you need to be good at what you do, but you need to get that whole organization performing well. So it doesn't matter how good I am. It's about the whole place and how well can the whole organization function. I think the stuff that we learned in team sports or baseball or how to lead or, or servant leadership or accountability and just helping each other out, that very much translates over to the business world. Again, I'm really impressed with what you have done. In the short time you've been out of the Walton College, congratulations on that. But what advice do you have for students? You know, looking at my own path, it was a, maybe a little bit unconventional. It makes a lot of sense now because of, of what we've been able to build. But heating and air is, is not real sexy. You can bring a lot of fun or sophistication like HVAC is, is not the super innovative market. So we were able to apply a certain level of team atmosphere and sophistication and technology to kind of an unsophisticated industry. And we were able to have a little bit of success and, and still do. So people say, follow your passion. Um, I think there's some truth to that. Now you still have to pay the bills. So I think you kind of got to marry both of those two. But when I was in the supply house business, we were good at it, but I was not fulfilled at a certain level. I felt like it was Groundhog Day and I was bored. Now I work three times as hard, but I enjoy what I do and, and I almost have to peel myself out of here. So, you know, I, I have some buddies that are very successful, very intelligent, but you can tell that they're not fulfilled in their jobs. So I, I would just say, find your passion, find what you would do if you didn't have to pay bills, and then maybe see if there's a way you can monetize it. And you might be surprised what, what might happen. Great advice. Thank you so much, Charlie, for taking time to visit with me today. Um, and congratulations on your terrific success in business. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. On behalf of the Sam M. Walton College of Business, I want to thank everyone for spending time with us for another engaging conversation. You can subscribe by going to your favorite podcast service and searching Be Epic, B-E-E-P-I-C. 